Welcome to the Truth About Recruitment podcast. This podcast is aimed at providing a free resource and guide to navigating the recruitment process and optimizing your career journey. Arguably one of the most important and stressful elements of any one individual's life. My name is Matt Masters. I'm a recruiter and passionate at providing free access to information that can help people's lives easier, particularly around recruitment, around their career journeys, and everything that goes with that. I've got nearly a decade's experience, but I've not sat here saying that I have all the answers. I simply want to provide a free resource that hopefully can provide some help, assurance, and reduce the anxiety that can sometimes exist when people are going through change, looking for a new job, or simply trying to ensure they get the most out of their career. If you want a copy of any of the PDFs discussed in the podcast, please email truthaboutpodcast at outlook.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. And today we are talking about a really key topic, a topic which means what brings a lot of anxiety to new locum interims freelancers, the dreaded umbrella company. But it doesn't need to be something that fills you with dread. It is a real opportunity if you have the right knowledge to understand how it all works. And to help us today, we've got one of the directors from Giant Group, uh, a really great guy, very experienced, uh, Tom Williams, to talk us through umbrella companies, how they work, what are the benefits, and uh, you know all of the detail that I hope you listening at home will find useful. So without further ado, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, pretty positive day today. Um, but yeah, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm excited to share my insight of the umbrella world in general and uh, hopefully find value for the workers looking to take their roles in recruitment. So let's start with the very much basics. What is an umbrella company? So long story short, what an umbrella company is, is a payroll intermediary in the supply chain. So we would sit generally between the recruitment firm and the worker, and we would be responsible for paying the tax and national insurance to the HMRC and paying the worker the net wage. Amazing. And why would a contractor use an umbrella company? So I think the main thing to focus on at this point is what is the reason why we've found so much traction recently is regarding IR35. So IR35 is essentially a piece of legislation that distinguishes between a true contractor and a disguised employee. If you're a true contractor, you're working normally through your own limited company, employed by your own company, uh, and you can retain around 80% take on pay. Now, how the umbrella model fits into that is if you're inside of I-35, if you're inside of I-35, HMRC believe that you're classed as a disguised employee, and therefore if you're acting like an employee, you should also be taxed like an employee as well. So that's where the the uh, umbrella model fits in perfectly, really, for these people looking to pay tax like an employee. So what what happened is back in 2017 in the public sector and 21 in the private sector, that there was a change in the decision. So pre them two dates, it was the worker's decision of the I-35 status. So, for example, a worker would say to HMRC, I'm going to be outside or inside of I-35. HMRC believed that around 90% of workers were paying the wrong tax and therefore placing themselves outside when they're actually acting like an employee and should be paid like an employee as well. So 
what happened is they changed the decision. So rather than it being the contractor decision, it was now the end client or the hiring decision of the I-35 status, and therefore the risk of the decision sits with the client. So that's why you'll see posting roles on, on job boards. Most recruiters now will distinguish between an inside or outside role, because it's a key driver of how the work is going to get paid. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know, for a lot of the time when we're taking a brief as a recruiter, if it is carrying, if it is you know carrying out the function of a substantive employee and is not project specific, you're caught by the legislation. It's although the what the HMRC tool sometimes produces is a little bit of ambiguity. It, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty clear that you know whether something's going to sit inside or outside of Article 35, and without going into all the risk and all of the the ways in which that is calculated, there are an increasing amount of people who are um, either redundant or immediately available, or just decide to take a break from work. Who, if they're looking for interim work, have to be so aware of the Article 35. And so, let's talk about benefits. Like, what are the benefits of operating through an umbrella company for payroll? Yeah, so there's a handful of different benefits to be completely frank. Um, I think we'll start off with the employment benefits. If you do join an umbrella company, you are therefore the employee of the umbrella company. Therefore, in this case, Giant or the umbrella would be the employer. So that does come with the benefits of insurances. So you get a package through Giant of 20 million. Every umbrella company will be different in terms of what that calculates to across things like professional indemnity, public liability, employer's liability, which comes free of charge of joining an umbrella company. You also have things like your your maternity pay and your paternity pay and your sick pay, which also is part of being an employee of a company as well. Uh, and one thing which is really quite important, specifically with umbrellas, is regarding the continuous employment element. So if you're working through an umbrella company, what you tend to do is you tend to stay with that umbrella company for the entire contract life. So if you're picking up an assignment here and assignment there and all working through one umbrella company, it seems like you're having continuous employment. So when you are applying for a mortgage, you're looking to get a better credit rating. The HMRC and the government say actually is working through one umbrella, one employer which is much much better than sort of thing so really positive um in terms of the continuous employment element that is massive isn't it because you know for a lot of people you know particularly if you look at the average contact duration you know the public or private sector continuous continuity of of employment is a huge factor in people's lives i mean the amount of people over the history of you know who i've interacted with who've been trying to get a mortgage and if you haven't been working through an umbrella company really really challenging to get that uh to get that mortgage agreed because they see you as a risk when actually if that skills is in demand you can pick up contracts you know continuously so agreed. that's, that's a massive benefit no agreed and on that point as well let's say for example you're working through x recruitment firm for their paye you're working through another x recruitment firm for their paye and you're still chopping and changing it's broken up employment so in their eyes it's it and actually it's the same but if you're working through an umbrella company it shows in writing it's continuous so definitely a huge benefit that's massive as well i think like that's something that i don't think a lot of people understand I think it's the people that think about in hindsight, but I don't think enough people think about that going into setting themselves up as a contractor. How will I be judged in terms of the continuity of my employment? Because average contract durations, depending, I mean, this is a massive generalization, but you're probably looking somewhere between six to nine months that you'll be employed for on a particular piece of work. And, you know, that if that's going to be something you're going to be doing for years to come and you do need to have a credit rating or a mortgage, it's just really important. Um, what about other benefits? What what other benefits are there of, you know, utilising an umbrella company for payroll? Yeah, do you know what? The, the main one, other than the, the fact that the employment rights is, is regarding pensions, and this is massive traction within the last six months, especially with, 
with our numbers that we've seen of joiners joining Giant and posing the question about pensions and what are the options. Every umbrella company will have a standard provider of what they use. We use Nest, for example, but there's many different alternatives for the standard pension amount, which is normally around 4% of pensionable earnings, contributing around 15 to 25 quid per week. But for the more savvy contractors and potentially ones who uh, have a more of an increased day rate, um, what tends to happen with these sort of workers is they would contribute towards salary sacrifice pensions. And what that means is in layman's terms, what we would do is the first thing that we would do when we receive the funds from the agencies, we would deduct the pension contribution. So that's before all tax national insurance. So the worker gets a huge tax relief on that amount. So it works out for every thousand pound you contribute in towards a private pension, you would effectively save around 550 quid on tax relief. So a huge benefit. Wow. That's massive. Workers. Yeah, huge. So, I mean, and, and I think the main thing as well is they actually increase the limit of what you can contribute into these pensions. Three or four months ago, it was 40k in the year. Now it's up to 60k in the year, which works out to be about 1.1k a week. And the more money you put into your pension, the more tax savings you get. So a huge, huge benefit of using Umbrella. And what, one thing I will say on that point is specifically regarding Giant is we're able to pay into any existing pension provider. So if you have one set up, you've been constantly paying for the last X years, we can continue to pay into that provider as well. That's really convenient. I must, I mean, you know, particularly around the tax, you know, the making making your money go further with no extra cost yourself is just a no brainer. But to have the convenience that you can continue paying into what you've already continued into and the compound interest that you'll be getting on that, absolute no brainer. Um, one thing that you and I speak about regularly is advances. What are advances and what what's the how, how does that work for contractors? Yeah, so advances come up all the time, normally on a Friday, as we've, we've both experienced, Matt. Uh, but what, what normally happens is... For example, there could be a few questions about why they come about. One, a worker's forgot to put a timesheet in, as simple as that. Some people, maybe there may be some sort of delay in the supply chain of getting things authorised or make sure everything's correct. There's also things where someone wants payment early and looking to, a, a bill comes out on a Thursday rather than a Friday and looking to pay the bill before payday on the Friday. So there's a few reasons why it could happen. Uh, and something that Giant Offer is free of charge to our agencies. If it's sent over from the agency contact, what we would do, we would pay a lump sum to the worker. So we would pay X amount, an estimated amount of their take home pay um, into their bank account as an urgent payment. And then anything that's remaining will be processed when normal payrolls run normally the week after. It just brings a real sense of calm and reassurance to anybody because life is complicated. Things happen and actually having the mechanism to get paid as long as there's an authorization is absolutely critical. And I can say that from like, you know, the 10 years, you know, that you and I have been working together, you know, you look at it and you go, you know, there's a lot, a lot of situations that occur, a lot of it, not the fault of the contractor, but they're the ones fundamentally that end up suffering if you haven't got that mechanism to do the advances. So I think for those listening at home, that's another really important consideration is do you do advances and is there any cost to me, the end worker? Tom, now, I, you know, you are, again, one of the most credible people that I've worked with over the years from umbrella companies. There's no uh, waffle. There's no sales tactics. It's just um, cold, hard, rational logic 
um, which is what I've always really admired. But there are some red flags that people need to watch out for with umbrella companies. There's some horror stories that you hear about people paying into an umbrella company or clients paying to an umbrella company in the camp and then just disappearing, closing up. What advice would you give to uh, contractors or potential contractors, the things to avoid and look out for? Yeah, definitely. And I think I'd say the latter at that at that first instance in terms of what to look out for, first of all, is is the accreditation for the umbrella company. You've got to make sure the umbrella company is accredited with things like FCSA or professional passport or safe rec. A few of the key regulatory bodies in the industry. That's a real key when you're deciding for an umbrella company. Why is that? Why is that accreditation so important? It's to make sure the deductions are correct. Because at the end of the day, umbrella companies are doing a similar thing. All we should be doing is taking the income from the agency, deducting the relevant tax and national insurance and paying the work of the net wage. If there is a situation in that payment where there are incorrect deductions, then there are tax liabilities across the supply chain. It could be for the worker, depending on their I-35 status. It could be for the agency or the end client. So it's a whole mess from top to bottom if there's not compliance in that supply chain. One thing as well is if you are comparing between umbrella companies, the only thing that should change on your payslip or your illustration, if you're speaking to umbrella companies, is the margin. Every other deduction is exactly the same. We're making the same deductions to HMRC, same take on pay for your worker, but the margin is the only thing that difference. So do look out for a sort of key things which could change on the illustration because that's a key driver to show non-compliance or I just want to go over that point again Tom because I think for everybody listening at home that is a really critical point because if you're sat there and somebody's offering you a deal where it seems that you'll be able to save you know an extra 10% the chances are it's illegal or it's not in line with the correct deductions that will be taking place and that is going to cause you headaches down the line so if it feels like it's too good to be true it is too good to be true in essence is that is that fair Tom is that kind of you know what I had that I had that written down actually exactly (laughs) what my motto is that I speak to my clients is if it's too good to be true it probably is and you, you do hear things of tax avoidance schemes offshore loan skis, artificially covering tax in something that it's not and soon as you hear these sort of noises you need to be running a mile with Umbrella, the take-home pay between top to bottom of assignment income to net take-home, you're going to roughly receive about 55 to 60% take-home pay, depending on tax code, for example. So if it's in that ballpark, great. If it's not, open a few more eyes because it might be something going on that you're not sure or aware of. Let's say, for example, I'm a contractor and I'm working with an umbrella company that may be having now listened to this podcast episode. There's some red flags. I'm concerned that we might be with some liabilities. Is it hard to change uh, umbrella companies between assignments or during assignments? The answer answer is no. It's really easy. It's really easy to switch between umbrella companies, whether you're potentially having a bad experience of an umbrella company or, yeah, as you mentioned, Matt, there are a few red flags and you're thinking, oh, am I doing the right thing here? Should I go to a more compliant provider like a giant or one of the, the key FCSA members? So it's really easy. What you would need to do is you would need to contact your current umbrella company and say, I would like to end my assignment on this date. Um, what they What they would then do is they would issue a P45 on that last date and you can then join that process, sign it with a new umbrella company like you've done previously with you, your, your old one and go for the sign-up process again. In, in that conversation, you'll need to notify your recruitment consultant to make sure they're aware of the switch so they can change the process internally to pay the funds to the different umbrella company. But it happens all the time where people chop and change umbrellas. 
But it's a straightforward process then. It's not, it's not, because it, it, it sounds quite complex, you know, to change from one to another, but it's just literally a case of giving notice, making the recruitment consultant aware, and then making sure on the forms. It's really quite simple. I mean, it, it, in terms of, I know we'll touch on sign up in a moment, but it could take 10, 15 minutes to sign up to an umbrella company if you have your details ready. The sign up process for another umbrella company is very, very fast, and ending the the assignment with the current umbrella companies is, is as fast. So, yeah, really easy to switch across. Well, let's go back then. So signing up to an umbrella company, how'd you do it? So normally what happens is recruitment firms have their own PSL or approved supplier list where you tend to get a, an extra number of umbrella companies to reach out to. What I would do if I was a contractor, I would speak to a handful of um, companies on there, weigh up what the best options are, what everyone's service lines are, everyone's margins. If price is the most important thing, go with that provider. If service is the most important thing, go with that provider. When you're happy to go forward, you would go through a basic account page. So you'll take things like your bank details, your national insurance details, a P45 or P46, uh, your postcode addresses, that sort of stuff. Um, when, you, when, when you've got past that point, uh, for Giant specifically, we'll need a right to work as your employment check. So we'll need your passport or birth certificate. If it's, we also need a proof of address, which is normally a driver's license or a utility bill bank statement dated in the last three months, and sign the contract, sign the T's and C's, and you're good to go, and you're ready to start. So it's as simple as that. And some, some, sometimes it, sometimes people don't have the details to hand or issues with visas, which could take a little bit longer, but on average, it'd take about a day. If people have the details ready, they're good to go and ready to get set up straight away. And I, I really like that you said talk to a few, you know, Make sure that, you know, you've got the comparison just to give yourself that reassurance that it, you're getting the best value for money and the best service. But what I would say is the cheap is not always the best. Make sure that you're doing, your, you know, what's the kind of customer service like? Ask the questions and, uh, you know, the human element is really important. Tom, last question from me. If you're new to contracting, it's all new to you. What three pieces of advice, three things to remember out of everything we've discussed, would you recommend to somebody looking for an umbrella company or thinking about using an umbrella company? I think one is the, have they got accreditations? Have they got the right things in line? The FCSA accreditations, the safe record, the professional passports are huge importance to make sure the umbrella company is doing the right thing. And that's definitely the most important thing, especially after working at Giant for five years. Compliance is the number one priority and making sure everyone's above board is number one priority at all times. So that's definitely number one. I would say number two, as you mentioned as well, is to get an idea of different umbrella companies options speak to maybe a couple understand where everyone's service lines are what their prices are the trust pilot reviews online feedback from friends or family who may have used an umbrella company in the past as well is also quite useful so get as much advice as possible because at the end of the day like we said you could be with some umbrella company for the whole contract in life so it is an important decision if you're thinking more long term um, and lastly, it's to make sure the customer service is, is as good as it needs to be with the likes of our welcome team, whether it's the people who speak to you initially, whether it's the employee support team who manage you whilst you're during your assignment. And also the account manager at the umbrella company is as important as well. Make sure you know who the account manager is. If your recruitment consultant doesn't know, make sure they are aware of who, who they are. So if you do any questions or things need to be raised or actioned urgently, you have a direct point of contact at the umbrella company. Tom, thank you for that. And thank you for making time to speak with us. I know how busy you are. So thank you very much. No, thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Good to speak to you.
Today, we've been talking about umbrella companies. It's a really important topic, and I hope this was an episode that gave you clarity and removed a lot of the ambiguity and and scaremongering that exists within the sector. Um, If you have any further questions, you can reach out to me or reach out to Tom Williams at Giant Group. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Recruitment podcast. Now, 80% of listeners who enjoyed the podcast do not leave a review. Follow the podcast or subscribe to it. Please like, review and share the podcast who allows to help more people for free. Thank you very much.